And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt this really warm but uncomfortable feeling, maybe while you're waiting for a job interview? You get sweaty palms, labored breathing, feel that increased heart rate, and sometimes even trouble speaking. Well, these are all common symptoms of what's called fear of rejection. Now, this fear is not just limited to our professional life. It can be carried into our personal relationships as well. Think about meeting new people, going to social events, and even something like dating. Now, the fear of rejection is a very powerful fear, and it often has far-reaching impact in our lives. Most people experience some type of nervousness when placing themselves in this situation. It could lead to fear of rejection. But there are some people who fear just becomes totally crippling. And this fear has many underlying causes. And if untreated, fear of rejection can worsen over time, and it can really lead to greater limitations to your life. So let me ask you another question. Do you have this fear? Well, if you do, I think you'll want to listen today. And even if you don't, because, you know, I think we all have a little bit of this internally. So with that in mind, I'm going to introduce you to a very special guest today on the podcast, my friend, Natalia. Hi, Natalia. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. I am so looking forward to having this discussion. We kind of had a conversation over Facebook chat uh, regarding this because we're both musicians. Yes, that is true. <laughs> yes. And, you know, musicians, we seem to have a, uh, to have this automatic bonding, you know, I'm uh, a bass player, songwriter, and uh, I play other instruments too. And now you're a singer and you also uh, write and you play what, how many instruments? I uh, play three instruments. So I play the clarinet. I've played that instrument since I was, about nine years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I did that for many, many years. And um, I also play a little bit of piano, a little bit of guitar. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about your journey? We'll talk about music a little bit later, because I think that'll be fun. <laughs> but I'd like to hear more about your journey and how this whole fear of rejection entered into your life and maybe yeah. the ways you overcame it. Absolutely. So it all started, um, I want to say, from the very, very beginning when I first knew exactly what my calling was. So I've known since a very young age, since I was about, you know, like eight or nine, that I wanted to get into music and I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to, you know, pursue a career because I was very inspired by a lot of people that I would observe, you know, on television and like award shows. And I thought, that is so cool. How can I do that? And so growing up, um, that became a part of me. That became something I really envisioned for myself. And then I started to think, okay, well, how do I get there? 
And obviously, in order to make it in the music industry as a performer, you have to actually perform and get in front of people. And so there were a lot of those crippling beliefs about, you know, like, oh, my gosh, what if I mess up? What if they don't like me? What if people laugh at me? You know, <laughs> and then as I got older and I started pursuing music more and actually, you know, making my own music, I started thinking, oh, my gosh, what if people hate it? Um, what if people don't even want to give me a chance? And so there was a lot of that, you know, negative self-talk that I've experienced for many years and I've had to overcome that. That's certainly something to overcome. And the negative self-talk really, when that sets in, it really spirals down. Um, Mm -hmm. You start to go down into places uh, where you just don't want to go. And the interesting thing I find about negative self-talk is that most of the time when you're worried about something and you try to talk yourself down like that it's really a fear that you don't have any concern about it you talk yourself into having the fear so i think a lot of fear of rejection comes from that in a negative self-talk so uh-huh. uh so what happened next in your life i mean you so you realized that this was your calling this is what you wanted to do but then you're like yes. oh what if people like don't like me what am i going to do and yeah so did you just go right out and try to conquer it or did you take other steps so I started by doing this thing where when I was really little I would pretend I would lock myself up in my room and I would turn on the music and I'd start singing along and I you know I do the thing where I pick up the brush you know the hairbrush and pretend like it's a microphone I got really into kind of that persona mentally and I started imagining myself in front of a crowd and thinking like oh my gosh, they love me. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. I'm so great. And so that kind of drew me to do my first talent show when I was about nine years old, you know, right right around that same time, I did my very first talent show. And it was so very nerve wracking. That was my first time like getting in front of people to sing like that. And I, I just sailed through it. I sailed through it. And as a little girl, it seemed like, wow, this is so easy. I want to keep doing this. But then as you get older, I feel like through my teenage years and then even through my early adult years, um, it got a lot harder because there's a lot more stuff that you analyze. And so I started analyzing other people and a lot of the people that I looked up to, like Kaylee Williams, Avril Lavigne, and I would just, you know, listen to them perform and watch their videos and think, wow, they're so good. I hope I can be that good someday. And so I started comparing myself to them. And so that was very bad for me because I held myself back from a lot of opportunities for years because of that, because I would see how good they were. And then when I tried to sing and I couldn't sound exactly like they did, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I can't sing like, I can't do that song like she did. There's no way I'm not good. I'm not good enough. And so there was that belief of I'm not good enough, which a lot of people have that. And that's based, you know, that is created from fear that I'm not good enough comes from the fear of rejection and so many other fears. Yes, exactly. You feel that you're not good enough. And especially when you're comparing yourselves to other people. And I think one thing that we have to realize is we are all individuals. Nobody in the world is created like us. And I did the same thing as a musician. I would always compare like the songs that I write. I would write a song and I'd say, oh, I want this song to sound like the Beatles because the Beatles were like one of my biggest influences. And I'm a left-handed guitar player, bass player. Well, Paul McCartney also is a left-handed bass player. So I kind of always envisioned myself as this Paul McCartney, but 
you know, Paul McCartney can sing pretty high notes. And although I was <laughs> able to get some of those notes when I was uh, doing backup singing to sing a song like Long Tall Sally that he, he sang or even Oh Darlin, uh, where he's up in what I call the stratosphere. I just couldn't do it. They would always want to put me in these Beatle bands playing the Paul McCartney part. And I'd be like, uh, I don't think I can hit those notes, guys. Oh. <laughs> uh, with that, then you start criticizing yourself and saying, oh, yes. maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not that good. I think a lot of people give up on their dreams because they have this fear. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I, I, um, I never gave up. I always had hope. But even with that hope, I didn't have enough drive to really take action towards that, you know, that goal of mine. Whereas, well, now it's a completely different story. I've come a long way now where mm -hmm. I am, I'm actually pursuing music. I've done shows, I've done performances, you know, I've done auditions, I've done competitions. It's, I've done all sorts of things. I've even put out my own original tracks. And so I've done a lot of things, but it took a lot to get from point A to point B. Before I made that shift, I was terrified of like TV auditions. Like I always would watch, I was a huge fan of The Voice. I still am. I don't know if you've seen this show. It's oh, of course. Phenomenal show. Growing up, everyone would always tell me, you should audition for American Idol or you should audition for America's Got Talent. And I just thought, that's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and can you imagine singing in front of someone like, like Simon Cowell from the old uh, American Idol days when he would just rip someone to shreds? The thing yeah. about that show is most <laughs> of the people were just the opposite. They were these people who thought they were the greatest thing since sliced bread and they'd get up and they were just awful. And mm -hmm. Simon would actually tell them, you know what? You are awful. You're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Next but if you're good and if you get up there, you know, I can't imagine or, or I can't imagine how you would feel in front of someone like that who, yeah. you know, has ripped others to shreds. And it's like, am I really am I really good or am I just fooling myself? That's so true. And so that I had a lot of that myself where I was like, am I as good as I think I am? And I, you know, that, that self-doubt where you really start to doubt your own abilities, even though you've come so far in your own journey. So that's, that's exactly what happened to me is, you know, singing since I was nine and constantly practicing and singing songs all day long in my room. I drove my family crazy. Okay. I would, they, you know, would hear me singing in my room all the time. And my mom would just like, I mean, <laughs> she oh, knew crazy. that that was, she, she knew since I was very young and she could see the certainty and that drive that I had as a little girl. And as I got older, she would just be like, you know, why don't you do more? And so um, I'm actually really grateful that I had a mother that was really like, she saw my gift, you know, even my dad, he saw my gift and they never pushed me to go in a different direction. They always encouraged it. And I think that's another reason why some people give up is they don't have that support system. They don't have mm. that support system of people to tell them like, yes, you're amazing. What are you talking about? And like snap them out of it. And so I've always had, you know, friends, family, relatives who were just so loving and so supportive. And that is what actually kind of kept me very lit <laughs> where I was very like, I could just see, okay, this is my path. I just have to figure out how to get there. And then eventually I did, you know, get up the nerve to actually do more stuff and do more. Like I did a couple talent shows in high school and uh, 
I did a few auditions after I graduated high school. And once I finished, you know, my high school and college era, I started doing more music stuff where I was like, okay, I've tried the traditional route of finding a career and it's not really resonating with me. I tried to become a teacher and I tried subbing as a substitute teacher and I hated it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, obviously this isn't it. This is not it. And then I I had to ask myself, what's the one thing that I've always felt certain about that I'm good at, that I want to do and I love to do. And that's singing and that's music. So I said to heck with it, like, I'm going to just go for it. And so I did auditions. I started writing more and I started looking into opportunities on how can I actually go the route of becoming a recording artist. And I asked questions that I never asked before. And then it actually came true. It actually got done. I think that's interesting. Some of the things you brought up there, some of the things I do in my coaching practice is I look at people who, what I call orchids, they are orchids in the world because I don't know if you're familiar or people listening are familiar with the flower, the orchid. It's my favorite flower. Mm -hmm. It's a very beautiful flower, but the thing is you really have to nurture this flower in order to make it grow. It's very difficult to grow orchids. Whereas something like a dandelion, some people think they're just weeds. They grow anywhere. They're very resilient. And most people in the world usually are pretty resilient. They will get through things in life, but Mm -hmm. some people just need that nurturing in order to get them to where they really want to go. And what I do in my coaching is I find people who are orchids in life and I try to help them through this with that nurturing, which is what you had in your upbringing. And some people don't have that. You get people out there and I'll use this example because he's one of my favorite comedians. And unfortunately, uh, he suffered terribly with depression. And that was Robin Williams. And you find that a lot of people suffer, especially artists and uh, people in the entertainment world. Uh, they, They are orchids, but they suffer from depression, alcoholism and anxiety and all these things in their life, but they were able to overcome it through some type of nurturing. And sometimes the success brings them the nurturing. But in uh, Robin Williams case, it wasn't quite enough. Uh, But the point is that it's so important to have that nurturing environment in order to support you and to get you to where you want to go. And I think it's so awesome that you actually have found your purpose and passion in life. And I know that's a topic, a different topic off the rejection, but it does yes. lead to that. It, it, and I think having your purpose and passion may have also helped you to overcome that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. When it comes to the actual fear of rejection, I mean, I, I had to do a lot of things to really get past it. Just kind of, getting over that, that negative self-talk and just saying, you know, it's almost like talking to yourself and just saying like, no, I am good enough. No, I am doing this. No, I can do this. And actually like, you know, shutting that voice down because there's, you know, there's always that little voice in the back of your mind. That's going to be like, really, who do you think you are to go do something like that? You're not good enough. You, you're, you know, you have to be from this background or you have to do this and that, you know, you have to have X, Y, and Z in order to do this. I had a lot of that, you know, from a young age growing up and I stopped listening to that voice. But as I got older and especially like after I turned 18 and I started doing college and going to school and I, um, I always imagined myself doing music. So I originally tried doing, um, I was a music major originally. And then when that didn't pan out because I didn't enjoy the curriculum and I got a lot of criticism from my vocal instructor, she would tell me that I would sing too poppy and she would 
critique me on the way that I was performing and singing. And so I felt very um, let down and I started to doubt myself, like, am I even good enough? Am I not singing properly? My vocal instructor doesn't think I'm singing properly. And, um, and so I did a semester of that and I, I just, I hated it. It became something that I dreaded. And that's horrible when, you know, you take your love for something and then you try to turn it into a career and then it just doesn't pan out the way you want it to. So I kind of felt like I have reached a point in my life where I was very sad and I was very um, let down with myself and, and also with my experience. And I started blaming, blaming myself and blaming, you know, other people and being like, oh, my vocal instructor this and like, I should have done this. And so it's just a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth. And then I tried my plan B, which, as I mentioned, I tried going into education and school and that didn't work for me either. I didn't like, you know, the curriculums. I didn't like the whole teacher aspect of it. And so I thought, okay, well, this isn't what I want to do. So what I did is I, I finished my two years in college. I got my associates and I said, okay, I'm not moving forward with my education until I know exactly what it is that I, that I want to do, because I just had so many doubts. So after that, I felt like, holy crap, freedom. I can choose anything I want to do. And so I chose music. And in order to really fulfill those goals and those things that I had set out, I always told myself I would audition for TV shows. I would always find more performance opportunities and do competitions and actually make a recorded song, like actually put a song out there that people can stream on Spotify or buy on iTunes. And I always said I would do those things and I lost sight of it because I was put down a traditional route. And so I had to snap myself out of that. How were you able to just snap yourself out of that? So that's, that's kind of what I want to get into now. It was a lot to do with the fact that I realized I needed help. I, I knew that I had the drive. I knew that I had a vision for myself and it was, I needed some help. And so one of the ways that I did that is I, um, I actually got myself a coach, a, a life coach who helped me through all of those things that I wanted to do. I worked with this life coach for about seven months. So this kind of correlates with what you were talking about earlier about how, you know, you coach people and you help them. It is so crucial to have somebody in your corner to just hold you accountable and to keep you focused and to really help you work through those you know, negative beliefs that come up and that cripple you. Yeah, absolutely. To have somebody to support you, because I consider coaching, it's not really counseling and it's not really consulting. It's really supporting somebody during that time in their life yes. and giving them that support. It sounds like that really helped you through this process. So take yeah. me take me to walking out on stage now before mm -hmm. you had overcome this and how maybe you use some of these things that you learned from your coach to overcome that fear when you first walk out. Because I think that's yeah. where we feel it most when we first walk out on the stage. Yes. I mean, there is a nervousness, even for me as a performer, and I've been doing this for a long time. And it's that first initial nervousness that you do get. That's true. Yeah. So before I had a life coach, I didn't really have anybody to tell me how to prep for something. I, I just had myself. And so it was like an inner battle between my fears and then that, that light part of me that's like, no, I can do this, I can do this. So I used to have crippling anxiety 
before performances, I would be pacing back and forth, you know, and, and this is so funny too, because um, I've been a performer my whole life, but I've always had that, that anxiety right before performance without it, like it just never failed, never, ever failed, but it always came up before any musical or play or any like <laughs> any band concert that I did where I had solos for the first time. And I was like, oh crap, I can't mess up. My fingers would get very sweaty. I would get very hot and I would be like, oh my gosh, my heart would start raising and it would feel like my heart was just gonna pop out of my chest. So those are all of the sensations that I would have prior to performance growing up, you know, because there was always that anxiety and there was always that fear of like, this could go really south really quickly if I don't do this right. <laughs> so um, I, I totally get, I understand that fear. And I've been there time and time again. And I just always pushed through it. I always pushed through it. And I always got through it. And if I did mess up, which it happened plenty of times, believe me, it happened. But you just gotta keep going. That's my number one thing that I tell people is you just have to keep going. In fact, be willing to mess up. And this is one of the things that I learned from my coach. After I started doing coaching sessions and really talking about my music, he um, taught me, you have to be willing to mess up. You have to be willing to be rejected. In fact, look forward to messing up and look yes. forward to rejection. Because if you can just welcome it, it, it doesn't feel as heavy in your chest anymore. It doesn't feel so, it's not going to cripple you anymore. If you yes. just say, you know what? I look forward to messing up. I look forward to being rejected. It just makes it a much lighter experience and it doesn't have to feel so heavy and scary anymore. So that helped me tremendously. That was oh, one yeah. of the number one things. Mm -hmm. I hear that. That does make it a much lighter experience. And you know, <laughs> there might be people listening who are going, well, what does this have to do with me? I don't perform music. I'm not a performer. I don't do anything like that, but I do go to a job interview. I do go out in social situations. Maybe I I'm dating and how does all this apply? And you know, I think what you just said is huge. We have to be willing and welcome rejection because yeah. you know what? If you get rejected at a job interview, what does that mean? It means it wasn't the right job for you, probably. Mm -hmm. If you get rejected in a date, that means that that person probably wasn't the partner for you. So we need to welcome these things in our life as you yes. did in your performing. Realize that it's not the end of the world if we make a mistake, if we screw up a little bit. In fact, uh, if you're meeting a new person and maybe, or have you ever had this experience, maybe you met someone before and then you walk up to them and you realize you can't remember their name and you <laughs> want to say hello and you go over and me as someone who's had a sales background in my life before uh, I I learned a few tricks to walk up to them and say hey how how you been doing you know and I start having a conversation and I ask them a question or something it's great if somebody is with me because then I say hey this is my friend Joe and then Joe introduces himself and then the person will in automatically introduce themselves and I'll go ah okay his name was Steve now I remember but uh, <laughs> but sometimes we just got to walk up to him you know I met you at at this seminar, and I can't remember your name. I'm Tony, by the way. They're fine with that. They're not going to sit there and criticize you because you forgot their name. Mm -hmm. So we just have to accept that sometimes we make a mistake. Sometimes we, you know, we're not perfect. People understand that we're not always going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I love what you just said. That is so, so true. And 
I, I really want to go back to what I was saying as well with, you know, the willingness to face that fear. That is, you have to actually embrace that mentality. And it took a long time for me to even allow that thinking to process in my head because I just thought, why would I want to fail? Why would I want to be rejected? That's crazy talk. And then it's like, no, it's actually, it's supposed to help you. If you just embrace it, then you really can actually go through life in a way that's so completely different. It doesn't have to feel so heavy anymore. Right. And everything actually becomes easier. So I learned, you know, through my journey, once I got coaching back in 2018, I did so many things that I never even, I guess I could never really fully get to do because I never pushed myself enough. I would always take the easy road where I, you know, went to college or I would do like school performances. But then like once I was no longer in school, I didn't have that place where I knew that I was involved in classes and I knew that I would have this performance here and here and here and here. No, it was like, I actually had to create opportunities for myself. I had to actually create my own little path. And so that's when I started to think, okay, I have to think outside the box. (laughs) And, and my coach taught me face your rejections, face your fears, you know, welcome them, embrace them. In fact, find something to laugh about too. If you mess up, what's funny about this? You know, what's, what's great about this and how can I turn this around and, and actually find a positive meaning out of it? Because all of these negative things that we are so afraid of being afraid to go to a job interview, being afraid to, you know, stand in front of a producer and, and have him think, oh yeah, she's good enough to be on the show. Or I don't know, being willing enough to go out on a date and meet somebody for the first time. And then maybe they're not being a second date or maybe there will be a second date. You have to really be willing to face all of those things through life because if you don't, you're not gonna get anywhere. You have to also think about who would I be if I didn't take a chance? Who would I be if I just didn't do anything? Exactly. And we have to be willing to take that chance so that we can go to the level that we wanna go to in our life. Mm-hmm. So before we close out the program today, I have a few questions I was going to ask you. Uh, okay. And the first thing I want to ask is, what do you think your biggest failure in life was? And what did you learn from that? I don't like to think of my life as having experienced failures. Um, I, <laughs> I guess if I had that mentality of like something I messed up on, because I don't know, for me, every failure wasn't a failure but maybe somebody else might perceive it differently. So maybe when I um, went to college my first year and I dropped out of the school of music and I decided to not pursue that type of, of you know, major and go through that path of education, that um, I guess could be perceived as my biggest failure because I went into something and then I didn't follow through, I didn't finish it. and. I don't see it that way. I just see it because it's something that um, it didn't resonate with me, but that would probably be my biggest failure, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. (laughs) So what you learned from that though, is that this particular path in your life didn't resonate with you and you were able to get off that path and move on to one that did. Yes. Yeah. So in a way that failure that if, whether we assuming we're calling it a failure, but that particular, let that experience, let's call it that, that experience led you to something even better in your life. Yeah. Because it it put me in a position in my life where I had to really question what I was doing. 
and question what it is that I wanted. And when you start asking yourself those questions, that's when you really start to find the right answer and what's really meant for you. Absolutely. That's true. So is there anything that people may misunderstand about you in your life? Um, <laughs> maybe. I'm, I'm a person who is currently working in real estate. You know, I'm pursuing a real estate career and I work for a real estate developer and I give tours of amenities and I've talked to people and I work in marketing and that's my day job. Um, but then I also come home and I write songs and I sing and I make YouTube videos and I talk to other artists and I go to the recording studio and I record myself. And so I have like two different lives in a sense where during the day I'm at my day job and then at night I'm more of an artist and I get in my creative space. So I think maybe that's one of the things that people might misunderstand about me is that I, I do have two different sides about me. I have the practical side, which, you know, I guess, you know, go to an actual day job and paying the bills. And then there's my other side where I'm like, no, I want to be, a, you know, I want to be a rock star. I want to put some rock songs out. I want to be the next Avril Lavigne. I want to do this. And so I take on the persona of like Natalia Andrea, the singer song, you know, singer songwriter, the recording artist, the upcoming artist that a lot of people are going to know about, you know, in years to come. And so people might misunderstand me for that because I do think that I, I can reach those things and that I can do those things because I'm already on the path of doing it. I released Absolutely. my first single. I released my first single two years ago. And I don't think I ever would have done that if I didn't have the support system that I had. And if I didn't face my rejection of what if I'm not good enough or what if I, you know, what if I sound like crap? You have to actually take action. And I'm so happy that I took that path and I'm so happy that I turned it around. Oh, we are happy for you too, for that. Uh, and you're pursuing <laughs> your goals and that's mm -hmm. just a, that's a beautiful answer. I really like that. So if people want to reach you. out to you somehow, or maybe listen to some of your music, uh, how would they do that? So if you look me up, my, my stage name or artist name is Natalia Andrea. And I have an Instagram um, page. I have my Facebook page. So on Facebook, it's Natalia Andrea. And on Instagram, it's Natalia B. Andrea. <laughs> and then same thing with my, my Twitter page. So all of my, um, my uh, what's the word? Username, I guess you could say. The username for my all my social medias is going to be Natalia B. Andrea. And I have my own YouTube channel as well that people can look me up as Natalia Andrea. And it will pop up. I do have a couple videos up there of me performing and um, there's an actual track called Miracle that I wrote and it's about me overcoming my fears, believe it or not. So if people want to really get a sense for who I am, that's a good song to listen to. It's called Miracle. We're going to play a clip of some of your music as we close out the show today. So we'll, I'll do my normal goodbyes and then we'll pop that on so people can get a chance to listen to you. The other thing I wanted to point out yeah. is Natalia, you spell that with an H. It's, so it's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A? -A -A? Yes, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A. -A. Yep, and uh, the Andrea is common spelling, A-N-D-R-E-A. -A. Yep, just like you would like for An Andrea, but pronounced right. Andrea. Mm -hmm. Got it. I just wanted to make sure. The last yeah. question that I just want to ask you before we close out is, what does being purposely positive mean to you? Being purposely positive is choosing to be in that state, choosing to see a positive in everything, 
So whenever you're going through life and you feel like things are just not going your way, that's because of your perception. That's because of your focus. So choosing to go through life in a positive way is actually choosing to focus on the good and focus on what you can do and focus on the solution versus the, the voice in your head that's holding you back from really going after the things that you can do, but you believe that you can't. You just have to overcome that. Choosing to focus on the good and not listening to that negative voice that's in your head. I love that answer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Natalia. This has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. And I hope people will reach out to you and listen to some of your music. And I'm sure we will talk again soon. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. If you would like to stop striving in your life and start thriving, come to my website, TonyWCoaching.com, and download the free ebook, Strive to Thrive. And we're going to close out today's show with Miracle by Natalia Andrea. <laughs>